and be seated. Thank you, guys. Well, if you brought a Bible today, I'd like you to open up to a couple places. In fact, you can open to Proverbs chapter 4, and then I'd like you to find 1 Kings chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 4, and then 1 Kings chapter 3. So we're going to take this summer on Sundays, and today I want to look at Proverbs. How did these Proverbs come to pass? Why are they so important in our life? Uh, why is it something that we need to draw on as we've been talking about hungering and thirsting? This is something we should draw on this wisdom that God gave. Does anybody know who wrote most of the Proverbs? I almost said most of Solomon. Solomon. Now there's some other writers. But I want to look at this. And he starts off, and I want to go to Proverbs chapter 4. I want to read these first eight verses because he kind of lays out for us what the Proverbs are about. And I love how these chapters are numbered. There's 31 Proverbs. That means most months, if I just do a chapter a day, I can read a proverb, and I'm gaining the wisdom that we'll see a little bit later of the wisest man that ever lived or would ever live outside of Jesus. And he wrote these down. So I want to read Proverbs chapter 1, and I want to, or Proverbs chapter 4, and I want to read verses 1 uh, through 8. And he says this, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me, and he said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver you. Now let me read verse 7 out of the New Century Version. And it says, Wisdom is the most important thing, so get wisdom. Everybody say, get wisdom. So if the wisest man that ever lived, who we'll see in a minute, all of his wisdom was given by God. If he's writing and telling us wisdom is the most important thing, then we need to get wisdom. And then it says, if it costs everything you have, get understanding. Now, when we read those first few verses, this is David and Bathsheba sitting with Solomon, teaching him all of the things that they have learned from the Lord. All of the promises. In fact, that's why he says, when I was tender and young in my parents' sight. And this is what he pulls out in verse 7. Wisdom is the most important thing. In fact, let me say this right up front. Knowledge, what we're used to, knowledge is gathering the information. Wisdom in the Bible is acting out then on the knowledge you have, or we could say this, acting out on God's word when you have wisdom. So wisdom isn't that I just know a lot of information. Boy, he's so wise. It's all those gray hairs. Well, that's a proverb, right? 
Uh, no, wisdom is when I'm able to do what I've learned because I have the knowledge of God's word. Wisdom is the do factor. I'm doing what it says to do because I'm following. And that's what Solomon did. He was following after what God gave him. Well, 1 Kings 4.32 gives us this. He spoke 3,000 proverbs and his songs were 1,005. 3,000 proverbs, song. Steve, how many songs have you written? 100? Yeah, 1,004, he said. He's close. The song, right. How hard would it be to write 1,005 songs? But he didn't write that on his own understanding and his own strength, as we'll see in a little bit. He wrote that because that's what God deposited in his heart deposited that on the page that we can read and gather that wisdom. You know, when I was growing up, uh, we've all heard these cute phrases. My, it probably started when my grandpa saw my bedroom for the first time, and he called it a wreck of the Hesperus. <laughs> Any of you ever heard that phrase before? This room looks like the wreck of the Hesperus. And I remember after he left, I didn't know what he was talking about. And I asked my mom, and she had to, you know, find out, look it up back then in the encyclopedia. It's a shipwreck. Oh, okay, yeah. Why can't he just say shipwreck? <laughs> Your room looks like a hurricane that took the ship and destroyed it and broke it and threw it all out. Well, I didn't think that was true. But, you know, all of us grew up with parents or grandparents that had these little phrases. My grandma would always have one, especially if she was telling you a secret not to tell somebody. She'd say, now don't let the cat out of the bag. Well, that meant you don't want to open the bag and let the secret, the cat, out. I thought you put the cat in the bag, you just keep him in there. No, you don't do that. Don't let the cat out of the bag. You ever heard the one, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush? Anybody heard that one before? That means if you've got something in your hand and it might be one bird, don't let it go because you think you can catch two in the bush. You might not catch the two. You might not get them. Bird in the hand. Um, birds... I remember hearing this, birds of a feather flock together. That was usually said if they didn't like my friends. <laughs> and if I flocked with them, I'd end up like them. Birds of a feather flock together. Uh, how about this one? Um, early to bed, early to rise makes a person healthy, wealthy, and why? Anybody heard that? Did they tell you that when they're trying to get you to bed? You know, early to bed, early to rise. Makes a man or woman uh, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. That means you tinker at everything. You might not get it all the way right, but you can kind of figure out just about every little thing. And I remember hearing this. Do you think that money grows on a tree in our backyard? Anybody ever heard that one before? Anybody, anybody that you were told that you, you thought there was a money tree growing in your backyard that you went and picked before school? Uh, I like this one. The early bird gets the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. <laughs> you always wonder, what happened to the first mouse? Oh, yeah, he got snapped. The early bird gets the worm. The second mouse gets the cheese. Uh, you, know, you go through a hard breakup, and you hear, you know, there's always more fish in the sea. And you heard those little... So all of us have heard these little phrases over and over and... 
If you sit and you think about it, you probably can remember some of your grandparents and they would use these phrases. But though some of these are wisdom, and probably right, it's not Word of God. It's not Word of God. Wisdom is not learning clever or creative funny things. Bible wisdom is given to us by Jesus, and it is the Word of God. So when you're reading Proverbs, you're not just reading a clever thing to repeat or a rhyme. You're reading the Word of God. You know, nowadays, um, a lot of us go on YouTube if we don't know what to do, and there's some guy has done, or some lady, some done, done some video about anything that you can fix or want to do. You can learn everything nowadays. Uh, several years ago, I had bought a Jeep Cherokee, and it was an older one, had a lot of miles, but it was a great deal. Well, the guy had the heater core had gone out, and that's, I think, why he was, had lowered the price, but he had all the parts. And so I ended up buying it. I should have looked it up first, and I remember when I bought it, and I went home, and I went on YouTube, and I looked up how to do a Jeep heater core. This guy showed he took the entire dash apart piece by piece, and my jaw dropped. And he did one of those time-lapse cameras. And you're like, oh, there's no, I'm going to go without a heater. There's just no, I'll never get it back together again. I'll mess up. We'll go in reverse all the time or do something. We tend to do that. We tend to go to things that can teach us and show us tricks and tips. But what Solomon is going to say, what Jesus would even say, is wisdom is found through my word. Come to me, listen to my word. I will have wisdom for you. Well, King David had, listen to this, 19 sons. 19 sons. The Bible records one of his daughters as Tamar, but in 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 13, it says he had more sons and daughters. But of the two sons that you would have thought would have been handed off the throne, we would have thought Absalom... But Absalom, the problem with Absalom was he was trying to divide the kingdom with his father David. And if you read anything about Absalom, Absalom dies in a very unusual and weird way. He's actually on a, on a donkey and he has so much hair he gets caught in a tree. And it, the Bible is so funny when you read it. He's hanging there between heaven and earth by his hair. And this guy comes, I believe he has three arrows and pokes him in the heart and kills him. Well, he had been trying to take over David's, his father's kingdom, trying to divide. He actually appointed himself judge over the people. Another one of David's son, in fact, he's got an interesting name. It's Adonijah. He decided to try to come and take the throne after David died. And he actually comes to Bathsheba. And he's trying to do a plan to take back the throne. And yet Solomon is the one that has to have him killed later on it was Solomon that David wanted to be king but what I want to look at today was it this will show us Solomon's heart especially in these writings first Kings chapter first uh, Kings chapter 3 turn there if you have your Bibles today and I want to read first uh, Kings chapter 3 to show us the heart you know if you get a chance read through the Kings because you'll see all of these stories and you sometimes you look through here and you think Good Lord, what were these guys thinking? Why would you try to divide King David? And why would this is your father? But they did. First Kings chapter 3. Listen to these words. In fact, 
Uh, I won't hit verse 1 today, but verse 1 is going to show you the downfall of King Solomon. Now Solomon made a great treaty with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married Pharaoh's daughter. Then he brought her to the city of David until he had finished building his own house and the house of the Lord and the wall all around Jerusalem. Meanwhile, the people sacrificed at the high places because there was no house built for the name of the Lord until those days. Now Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. Now the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for there was a great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, listen to this in verse 5, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. Listen to verse 7. Now, O Lord God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or to come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? This speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And then God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself an understanding to discern justice, behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before, nor shall there be one like you, one like you arise after you. So if you walk in my ways and keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Look at verse 15. Then Solomon awoke, indeed it had been a dream, and he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of God, offered up burnt offerings, offered peace offerings, and made a great feast for his servants. You know, there's a couple things in there when I, when I see this prayer. You know, um, what we say is truly what comes from our heart. And a king would normally ask, right? If God said, ask, I'll give you anything. I want to be on my throne for a thousand years. I don't want any enemies. That's normally what it would say. But it was, I want a heart of understanding. I want a heart to lead 
your people. And I love when I, I read this thing that um, he says this in verse 12, Solomon, there is none like you before and there will not arise one like you because of what you asked. So when we're reading these Proverbs, remember this, that's what God said. There's not one like him and there wasn't one that came after him except Jesus, the fulfillment of it. But I love what Solomon does after this dream. Now remember, he already sacrificed how many burnt offerings? He already did a thousand. But the moment God speaks to him, he takes that time and he worships the Lord. He's probably in awe of that dream. The size and scope of leading the people. In fact, he's going to be tested. We won't look at it all. You can read uh, a little bit later. The first test are two harlots, the Bible says, and they come with one baby, and they're arguing about the baby because one slept on the other one's baby through the night, and they have this one, and this one says it's mine, and this one says it's mine. And so the wisdom of Solomon is this, right? You would say this too. Just cut them in half. You take the top, you take the bottom. You wouldn't say that, would you? So the moment he says cut them in half and share, the true mother says, oh, no, 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 let her keep it. And he understood that was the true mom, the true mom's heart. He had that type of wisdom. So as we read in the Bible, he was able to discern uh, those things. I do want to read 1 Kings chapter 4. Let me get back over there. A few verses in 1 Kings chapter 4 that shows us a little bit of what God did through him, especially being one of the wisest one that ever had arisen. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 29 through 34 says this, and, Saul, and God gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding and largeness of heart like the sand of the seashore. The Solomon's wisdom excelled the wisdom of all the men of the east and all the wisdom of Egypt. For he was wiser than all men, than Ethan, than the Ezrite, than Heman, than Chekol, than Dardia, the sons of Mahol, and his fame was in all of the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He also spoke of trees from the cedar of Lebanon, even to the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke also of animals, of birds, of creeping things, and of fish. Verse 34. And men of all nations from all the kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom came to hear the wisdom of Solomon. You know, when I read that, I think, I've got 31 chapters of that in my Bible, though there's a couple other authors. I get a chance to glean from his wisdom. I get a chance to take those sayings, not sayings that are just said, that are clever and cute and make, they may rhyme and they make sense, I get to take those and I get to put them on the inside of my heart because when I make decisions, I want to make sure that I'm using God's wisdom. How many of you have ever made a bad decision? And you knew that you should have sought God longer. Oh, we have that wisdom here. You can read later in 1 Kings chapter 10, the Bible talks about the Queen of Sheba. The Queen of Sheba comes. Um, in fact, she uses these words. She said, now I believed it, or at least I believed half of what I heard, but now that I see, she was blown away. And she says these words, I thought this was a great, even your servants are happy. 
you ever gone to a restaurant? And maybe it's popular and there's a big line and they might have the right music and they might have the great food. Have you ever noticed, have you ever had a waiter or waitress and they're in a bad mood because they don't like working there? You ever have somebody at your work in a bad mood? They don't like working there. They don't like the environment. Here's Solomon and all of this property and things to do as a king uh, and his servants are happy. They were listening to his wisdom. I read through and you, and you forget he imported apes, monkeys, and peacocks. You know what this says about him back in those days? He was sending people out to all of these foreign lands. I can't imagine having a monkey in my house or an ape. Now I could have a peacock. I think that'd be pretty cool. Neighbors wouldn't like the sound. Uh, but he had all of these things that he had brought in. There was some understanding. And the Queen of Sheba said, I believed half of what I heard. But now seeing, she would be saying, I am blown away. Well, where did that come from? It was the wisdom of God, the heart of God. You know, Hosea 4, 6 says this. My people are destroyed by a lack of prayer. Oh, it doesn't say that, does it? My people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. Not knowing. And I believe that's what Proverbs gives us. Proverbs gives us the knowledge and the wisdom, but it's not just that we can know facts or details. We plant those things in our heart. We take those wisdom, and they're just sometimes just a sentence or two, and we plant those to allow those to become the Word of God coming out of us. Now, you're going to notice as you read, he, he references things to a she. Did you, know, did you notice that when I read it earlier? And one of the things we know about Solomon and, and his downfall, he had 700 wives. I can't imagine that. What, what's your name again? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Can you imagine doing 700 wedding ceremonies? Does anybody have anything to say that would have any odd against this couple? Yeah, that's his 430th wife. Is that crazy? 300 concubines. His downfall was he, it, he was smart. It, he would marry a, a daughter of a king, and thus by having blood in his own household, he caused peace to happen in all these nations. His downfall was that they turned his heart to worship other gods. But what he understood is we understood women, and he understood a value. He understood it was something to be cherished and looked at. That's why when he says wisdom, he says he uses the word her cherish it nurture it you know she will do this she will do that so as you're reading that don't think that that's odd but he took those things to let us know this is of the highest value cherish it this thing um, he talks about wise people and foolish people all the time you'll notice as you read that the wise and the foolish he mentions all the time but i want to throw out just a couple examples uh, and he says this, Proverbs 21.1, and I use this when I pray for people all the time, especially in court, especially if they're facing a promotion, especially if there's something happening at work. And it says this, Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it to wherever he wishes. I bet you I pray that over somebody every week. I'll stop and I'll pray, God, the king's heart, whoever leader that is, whatever judge, whatever boss, manager, 
their heart is in your hand. Turn it as you would. That's a powerful one. Turn it. Turn it. Let it be a blessing on their behalf. Um, this one is one of my favorites too. And I, I remember, I think I had a t-shirt. Uh, Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog returns to his own vomit, so does a fool to his folly. How many of you have dogs? Anybody here have dogs? Is this true? Now, let, let, I know we're eating tacos in just a few minutes. So I can say it now. Uh, our dog will do that too. It'll hack whatever up. And as you go to get something to clean it up, they're having supper number two. I can't imagine me throwing up, collecting it, getting the Tabasco and the pepper, and having it for dinner. Ugh. You know, honey, this was actually better second time around. A little bit more Tabasco. Oh. No. Boy, that's a word picture, isn't it? Notice what he says. A fool returns to the folly. Oh, I wish that wasn't true. But how many times do we see it? Going back, going back. And he referred that to a dog returning to a fool. Uh, here's another one. Um, Proverbs 26, 17. Whoever passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one that takes a dog by the ears. So uh, if your neighbor has a big dog, this afternoon go over and grab his ears real quick and squeeze and see what happens. He won't lick you, he'll bite you. There's a sensitivity. Well, here, here's a great, great one to remember. Um, many times we want to jump into somebody's business thinking that we can help, and sometimes there's a time for it. But many times we get bit. I was just trying to help. I didn't ask you to help. Well, I don't want to get bit. Well, that's a good, another good proverb. Here's another one. Proverbs uh, 17, 12. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Camp Cedar Crest, junior high camp. I remember seeing a mama bear, and I only saw two of the cubs. And they were at the trash dumpster the afternoon after lunch, and I walked up to see how close, you know, because I watched those crocodile hunter shows. You know, I knew a thing or two about animals. And mama bear and the two cubs went up the hill, and as I walked up, I just wanted to see probably how close I could get to mama bear. And I heard this screech from the tree, and I looked up, and there was a little baby cub, and he was up the tree, maybe 10, 15 feet from me. Mama bear turned around and stood up. And when she stood up, I guarantee you, she was probably seven feet tall, and I did one of these. I started backing up, because I thought, if she didn't have enough to eat, she's probably looking at me and thinking she's got plenty to eat you know, later on down <laughs> Fool in his folly. Mama bear and her cubs. You don't mess with mama and her kids, do you? You don't mess with mama and her kids. Well, he gives us that one. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool. But I wanted to look at this, lastly, in Proverbs chapter 8, because Solomon is going to give us insight that this wisdom just isn't wisdom from the wisest man that ever lived. The wisdom that we're pulling out not just because it's Old Testament, the wisdom is of Jesus. In fact, it says this in chapter 8, uh, in verse 22, it says, The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. Before his works of old, I have been established 
from everlasting. From the beginning before there was ever an earth, when there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, I was brought forth. Yet as a, and while as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, he, uh, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he had strengthened the foundations of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was his daily delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world. And my delight was with the sons of men. Proverbs 8 gives us that picture of Jesus being there. Right along creation, the master craftsman. His joy was the sons of men. Think about that. His joy was us. In all of creation, in all of the beauty, though being a master craftsman, it ends with that the delight was the sons of men. You were that delight. You were that joy. So as we go through Proverbs, know that it's not just scriptural wisdom from a man Solomon, it's Jesus showing himself to us. You know, this week uh, in the news, um, we read about, or maybe you watched, there were two prominent people that had committed suicide. And in conversation with my son, you know, especially nowadays, when you look at fame, money, travel, all of the things that people aspire but what we watch is there's a hole in the hearts that isn't filled by fame. It isn't filled by fortune. It isn't uh, like the things that we would think. If I only had this, if I only could do that, it's not filled. It's only filled in Jesus. And when I read these things, it breaks your heart. And I always say, God, I pray that in the last moments of their life that they called out to you or somebody got to him. It's so important. So bow your heads if you would today. Jesus is our wisdom. And if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you know, I love that verse. He's the one that's knocking on the door of your heart. In fact, let's all pray this prayer together. Pray this with me. Dear Lord, I believe in Jesus. And I believe that he lived and that he died for me. I accept him as the Lord of my life, my Savior. Thank you for bringing me into your family. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>